Woody. He's been my pal for as long as I can remember. He's brave, like a cowboy should be, and kind and smart. But the thing that makes Woody special is he'll never give up on you, ever. He'll be there for you, no matter what. You think you can take care of him for me? That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. You were just peeking a lot. Yeah, well, I peaked anyway. <laughs> I peaked in high school, which is really sad because I was a loser. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, folks. Welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam. And I'm Will. And uh, I'm back. I'm 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 COVID free. I've crossed the threshold from feeling shitty because I have COVID to just feeling shitty like I always do. So uh, it's good to be back. I I don't remember anything from the Ghostbusters Afterlife episode. It was a fog, uh, <laughs> and that's something because I edited the thing, and I it's just a, a Sudafed induced haze. But uh, this week. We are kicking off October. Uh, we got a we got a bunch of movies planned for October. We're starting things off this this week. We're gonna do a couple of fun horror movies, and then we're gonna wrap up the the month with Halloween Kills, which is coming. Uh, we'll probably drop right on Halloween for everybody that uh, has no friends or family and is staying inside and needs something to listen to. But before we get to that. We started off this month with Toy Story 3, possibly the most intense movie we're going to watch in a month full of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, and maybe one of the best movies we've done so far. On yeah, the oh yeah. No, no. This is like this is, you know, there's no ambiguity here. This is like a one of those like legit good movies. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a this is a last crusade where it's, you know, oh okay, this is just we know this is good going yeah. into it. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so it's kind of crazy, like, uh, to think back to, like, obviously nowadays Pixar uh, is, you know, a, a well-known entity. Almost every animated movie that comes out is 3D computer-generated imagery. But you go back to 1995, and when Toy Story came out, it was huge. Like, it was so groundbreaking, you know, on a technical level but also like two audiences and i was i was nine you were like 27 i, was, I think <laughs> i uh, was 10 i was 10 or 11 when it came out but it was huge hit yeah huge enormous hit. <laughs> i think third highest grossing movie of the year right behind apollo 13 which was also right behind our old friend batman forever <laughs> so you know <laughs> two out of three ain't bad um yeah, no, just like a smash hit, hugely influential, basically changed animation, certainly in Hollywood forever. It's, you know, it began, it led to the, the sort of decline over the next decade or so of, you know, I, I, they call it 2D or hand-drawn animation. It's two-dimensional animation versus three-dimensional animation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not every all animation is CG animation because it's all done on the computer now. Right. But, uh, you know, 2D classic Little Mermaid, Aladdin looking animation gave way to Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. Uh, you know, just it, it was a, it was a game changer uh, on an on an avatar level. 
if not more so. No, absolutely. Change the way kids watch movies, change the way, you know, and, and also the storytelling was more sophisticated than a lot of the stuff for yeah. kids, too. It was a really, uh, like, high-concept idea, yeah. and, you know, it, it, it was, you know, they did a, just a brilliant job with it, uh, and what's crazy is that Disney did not intend for it to become, like, a real franchise. Like, here's the thing with animation. Will and I are both animation writers. We we know 5% more about the world of animation than we do anything else. So we, <laughs> we can at least pretend we know what we're talking about. But it is so rare for animated movies or TV shows to become a franchise that runs over the course of 5 or 10 or 20 years because... At its heart, they're making this content for a very young audience, and so the audience grows up, and the audience, uh, you know, is just constantly in need of new shows and new uh, movies. Like, there's always going to be a need for something new, so you don't have to worry about, like, like the brand, the studio is the IP more right. so than the movies themselves. Like, Disney is an IP, DreamWorks is an IP, and if you're lucky you get a franchise that's successful enough to sustain itself for two or three movies. Uh, something like Despicable Me, where you've got like five, six movies there, right. is very rare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I think that the in the CG world especially, I think uh, you want, well, at least not in 1995, but now you want a franchise because then you can, you know, when you've built all your models and all your your characters, you can then use the money that you did to, for that and save it on the next one. Yes, 100%. A uh, uh, little thing called assets. Anything yeah. that's done in animation, uh, 2D or 3D, is called an asset. So, uh, you know, as, as we all know in Hollywood, animation is seen as sort of a second-class uh, art form compared to live action, but it takes a hell of a lot more work uh, so if you need uh, a potato in live action, you send props first not to get a potato. If you need a potato in animation, someone has to build it and render it inside the computer. In 2D, that's a little easier. It's it's it doesn't have you know you don't have to worry so much about shading and depth. But in in 2D animation, 3D animation, excuse me, you have to basically build a potato inside the computer from scratch. Now. A potato's hard enough. Now try making Slinky Dog, which is probably one of got to be intensely complicated animation. Yeah, I mean, all those all those guys have like all sorts of weird like lighting effects, and they all are look are made to look like they're plastic, and they all the, all the models do things, and yeah. you can really see the progress from the first Toy Story to Toy Story Three of how much the animation advanced, like in terms of like textures and lighting, you know, like you look at the first one and like the human characters are just nightmare creatures. They, yeah. Sid, <laughs> Sid is terrifying. Um, it, but it's like, you know, it, it, by toy story three, the designs are essentially the same, but they have a lot more like natural movement to them yeah. and their facial expressions because they, you know, they also wisely designed them to, to look not, Super cartoony, but also not like a full-on Polar Express dead ringer for a human being, <laughs> which you get into the Uncanny Valley. Exactly. Uh, so Toy Story, huge hit. You know, it's no Batman forever, but it was a huge hit. Um, 
Though it also had a smash single, because it's this also the uh, beginning of Randy Newman uh, in the Pixar world. <laughs> and so um, you had, you got a friend in me. All the stuff that's in this movie was so influential. You think of it to infinity and beyond, and you think of Woody and Buzz. Like, the thing about this, there, there's no existing IP. This isn't like Ralph Breaks the Internet, or, uh, no, where or... it's just they go in and it's all like Disney IP. Everything in there is like new toys or just sort of classic like Mr. Potato Head stuff that's, uh, you that's know. It's been around forever, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's I, that, that was a brilliant move on their part. No, I think so too, because it gave them a lot more freedom um, to, to play with the, the concept, cause as opposed to Buzz Lightyear being a G.I. Joe or, you know, or a Star Wars action figure where there's bag, baggage that the audience brings with them. Yeah, uh, that you uh, and don't have the it. sequels showed a lot of restraint. Not get, like I feel like by the time you get to Toy Story three, you could have really given in to the temptation of like having a Darth Vader toy show up or something like that. Like with the exception of Ken and Barbie, yeah. everything still remains you know like wonderfully original designs that still feel familiar. They feel like toys. Yeah. Especially, uh, like, old toys that you'd see in a daycare. <laughs> yes, especially this, yeah, uh, exactly. Those toys where you have no idea where they came from. They just sort of ended up at the at the daycare, yeah. Yeah, they all, it's always that um, little uh, xylophone with the wheels, like, with the rainbow keys. I feel yep. like that's yep. in every daycare <laughs> waiting room. A lot of Fisher-Price little people. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, then Disney... Uh, did not see this as like was not like we got to make Toy Story two for theaters. No, they went. They were originally planning to make it out independent of Pixar as a sixty minute long direct video sequel, uh, because right. all of Pixar was so busy making a Bug's Life. Uh, but when Disney saw how Toy Story two was turning out, they were so impressed that they said, "Okay, now you got to make it a feature length theatrical release." And they had to make, they had to completely redo the story and make that movie in nine months. Jesus. Which is, in the animation world, is absolutely bonkers. You know, I, I've written ep- half-hour episodes of television if I written I, that I wrote a year ago that still won't be out for another year on TV. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and, and at some point, didn't Toy Story 2 almost or get deleted off somebody's, off the hard drive and somebody had to yeah. find a backup? Or, isn't that the, the, or is that's the lore? There's a lot of, there's a, I don't know <laughs> if that's apocryphal or not, but there's a lot of stories like that because they were just also figuring out how to make these movies right. on the fly. Like the first three or four, like Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, um, and you know, from like, what came after that? Was that Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 2001. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, those first four, they were still, like, figuring out how do we do this. And then by by the time you got to Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo, they'd kind of gotten it down to, like, they had a pretty good system there for a while. Yeah, but uh, it's amazing that Toy Story 2 came out as good and as coherent as it did because a lot of projects, when they go from something that is designed to be you know, an hour and balloon past that usually become kind of a complete mess. Yeah. And it was a big deal too, because animation sequels, theatrical or not, and more often they're not like Disney's, you know, Disney's bread and butter for throughout the Disney Renaissance in the nineties was direct to video sequels. You had like the return of Jafar, you had 
Beauty and the Beast, Bell's Enchanted Christmas. Uh, I think Pocahontas had a sequel. Hunchback had a sequel. And they all went straight to video. So to have a sequel to a kid's movie and have it be, you know, not just a theatrical release, but a really well-made one with a great story that continues, like, like moves the story forward, but also, like, expands on the themes of the first movie was really impressive. And I think it's basically what gave Pixar the freedom to kind of run with their next few projects, which were Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles, which are all critical and or massive box office hits and yeah i think in i think all three actually were huge hits am i yeah i don't don't think i'm wrong on that yeah i think i they were all huge hits but then uh i they were all dwarfed by cars in 2006 like cars was cars was their like really commercially friendly one (laughs) that was also a huge hit yeah and and well and the thing with cars also was that it was a merchandising bonanza in a way that the others Kind of were, but not really. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if it's as good a movie. It's, no, it, I think it's, it's underrated. It, I think yeah. it's underrated. Like it's, yeah. Your uh, full disclosure: Will's son Evan is obsessed oh, with cars. Oh my god, he loves cars so much. I have seen that first Cars movie so many times. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, and, and, yeah. you know, it works. It's not. Um, it's it's not it's not as good as Toy Story or Toy Story Two, but it's it's pretty solid as a movie. I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's it's like they 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 didn't phone it. In. No. They, they 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 said it. They made the movie they set out to make. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Keaton probably had such a good time on that that he came back for Toy okay. Story three yeah. and it, to everyone's benefit. But yeah, uh, Toy Story three came out in two thousand nine, so it is a, or two thousand ten. So there's a decade gap, and they very smartly, in my opinion, aged up. Andy, the kid yeah. who owns all the toys, and they like they like they brought us all. They brought everything along to the present day, and you know, examined like Toy Story two kind of ends with this question of how long will you will your 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 kid really want you? Is he really going to take you to college or on your honeymoon? That's like what the villain says, right. and the, the movie kind of ends with that doesn't matter. We'll we'll sort of cross that bridge when we come to it, and until then, we've all got each other. You got a friend in me, Buzz. Uh, cue the Robert Goulet and uh, and roll credits. Roll the uh, fake uh, the fake outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so Toy Story three kind of and it went through a lot of iterations because it was another one where Disney was going to make it independent of Pixar for a long time, right. and then when they bought Pixar outright, they gave it back to Pixar, and Lee Unkrich took over as director. Uh, and they started with a whole new script. I think there was originally a script where it was Buzz Lightyear gets recalled, and they all go to Taiwan to try to save him. <laughs> oh boy! Which you know, it was a whole <laughs> a lot of different scripts kicked around. Uh, but uh, this one basically asks the question of, okay, Andy's grown up. He doesn't play with his toys anymore. He's going off to college. What what do you do? What you know, uh, like you what's like a lot the 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 all all three of these movies deal with these themes of like abandonment and what is your purpose and you know are you loyal to you know your your kid and what does it mean to be a toy it's you know it's and and it's toy story 3 is it's like a dark it's a heavy movie yeah no it's um it is a heavy movie and it's it's what's so funny about it is like the second act is kind of sort of your generic 
Toy Story shenanigans where they're like trapped somewhere, they have to escape, they have yeah. to figure out what what the villain's up to and all this stuff, and then. But there's this level of sadness that just sort of hangs over everything that it doesn't feel like the other Toy Story shenanigans, you know? Like, it, it all just sort of, like, feels just melancholy and sort of, like, everything is... It, it's the end of something, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole movie, up until, like, the very end of the movie, the, the toys want to get out of the daycare, but their best-case scenario is that they're going to go live in the attic. Right. And they won't get played with. <laughs> like, they're just going to hang out up there with the Christmas decorations. Yeah, and Woody's going to... Uh, to college for some like is gonna go to college and do whatever and just sit there watch, watch Andy uh, have sex yeah. do drugs and have sex yeah go get him partner <laughs> <laughs> oh that yeah the implications of uh, <laughs> what Gosh. toys that are in like an adult's home like uh, you know uh, you know, do our does my uh, Jason Voorhees at night, uh, like you know, get out and walk around and you know, <laughs> go through you know our underwear and stuff. No, no, no. Oh, oh those are filthy. <laughs> just, just. But here's well, a, here's I, a question, I, I, Sam. Does the does your Jason Voorhees know that he's a toy, or does he think he's Jason Voorhees? Well, he's gonna be confused because I have two. I've got Baghead Jason and I've got Part Three Jason, and I have the Invisible Man. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm in the process of turning my you know nerdy man cave into a place to put you know stuff for a child, toys for an actual <laughs> child. So you know, it gets this. This movie had me reflecting a lot. Sure. Like I watched this movie after getting home from taking my entire long box of comics, my whole collection from the last few years, and uh, uh, selling it at Golden Apple. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. Wow. But, Will, I want you to know, I kept RoboCop versus Terminator. Thank you. That's, yes. Yeah, that's the only, literally the only one I kept. <laughs> that, um, I had a very beat-up original four issues of Marvel versus DC. Well, so you got to keep those. Those are, those, yeah. those are, you no, can't No get one those. wants those. <laughs> Well, that, and, and you can't get those. I mean, like... I know, yeah, you can't get those. They're not getting mu- republished. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're too confusing. It's Half-Shirt Thor and Mullet Superman. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is. Like, it's... The whole movie is just feeling like, you know, are we, you know, are we bound for the trash? Or are we going to be... Are people going to play with us? Are we... What are we? Are we toys anymore? Does anyone care about us? Yeah. Has Andy given up on us? And he hasn't. It's all a misunderstanding, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, these toys feel like they're like, you know, they're, they're just dealt emotional blow after blow throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And then, and then it comes to, you know, it's climax and it's like, oh, oh, they're all going to hell. Yeah. (laughs) You, yeah, they end up, it's like, do all, do all city dumps have like a portal to hell like that? I I guess it was on a toys scale, but it is. It is just, like, the most terrifying climax. Because, it really is. You know, in hindsight, obviously they weren't going to incinerate Woody, Buzz, <laughs> Jesse, Slinky, and everyone in, before our very eyes. But you genuinely aren't sure they'll all make it well, and, throughout that entire third act. And one of the things that is so... Pixar is very good at this, is the how expressive the characters are. And when all those guys are on that conveyor belt going down into the smelter, 
and they all like look at each other and the expression on their face is just the acting is is so amazing as it's just like yep this is it and they all hold each other's hands and you're just like oh my god and then the waterworks happen yeah it's no, uh, fu- <laughs> fuck you for saying animation is less than people <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah uh, you can write your hack jokes at the oscars every year about it it's like you know screw off it is like that takes real skill to get that kind of emotion from a Pixels, a fucking, yeah. A bunch of HTML code, you know, that's, 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 and that's what makes these movies such an achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, and then you sort of come out of that, they, they manage to survive, and, and then Andy gives up his toys, and then there's this rebirth that happens. Yeah. Where they, it's, it, it's the, the toys are being passed to the new generation, yeah, and uh, on a on a meta level, I mean, it, it, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week as we were, you know, introing as you were introing Toy Story three, um, that it, it it really is for the people who grew up with Buzz and Woody. This movie is. It's not yeah. really for for people who have just come to this world. Like my son, when we when I tried showing him Toy Story three, he made it about an hour in and then kind of lost interest. Um, I mean, that's generally how he watches movies anyway, but, like, this one, it really did. It was, he just kind of was like, eh. But, because I think on an emotional level, I don't think he can really buy no, into I, it. No, I, I genuinely... I, I, I stand think, by what we talked about last week. I think yeah. this movie was... I mean, obviously, they're all made for kids on a certain level, uh, but I do think this movie was... The message of it is intended for the... 18 to 25 year olds or older that grew up with the first toy story and are now too old to play with their, their toys, you know, theoretically, but (laughs) identify with this franchise and have a sense of connection to this franchise and to that era of movies. And, you know, Andy, Andy's like, he's not, he can't throw out his toys but it, but he doesn't he doesn't want to donate them at first. He's just he can't really let go of them. So they're gonna go into the attic where they're still his. But and and as they always say, like we're there when he needs us. Right. But they're kind of not they're kind of not fulfilling their original purpose. And so like that's that's why this ending where Andy, like uh, not just gives the toys to Bonnie but plays with them plays with, with her. Them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's 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 really beautiful, and it really beautifully brings the themes of the first three movies full circle because these toys, you know, weren't abandoned. Every all these villains that threaten, like, basically say to them, like, "You're trash. You're you right. know, they'll all they, your kid will always grow up and abandon you and give up on you." That's not true because there will be, you know, there is, like you said, renewal. There will be yeah. new kids, and you know, the older generation has a responsibility to pass that stuff on to new kids. So, and I know one of your, your reasons for picking this, this movie was because you listened to download the, um, the, yes. the documentary, uh, documentary podcast about, uh, ain't it cool news. And yeah, Harry shout out Mo- to download. It actually was a really good series. Really solid. You know, I, I, no yeah. one's really broken down. Ain't it cool news. Like it's kind of downfall over the last, and it's well, it's rise and it's fall over thirty years. Yeah. But it, they did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, and and it's really he did a, a great job getting all those people to talk on the record. And uh, I I went to read Harry Knowles' review of Toy Story three. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> but I tried. Oh my god. I tried. It, it like, it starts remember, off... Remember when Film Crit Hulk wrote everything in all caps for a long time, <laughs> like he was the Hulk? Harry Knowles basically writes like that unironically. Well, and, and unlike Film Crit Hulk, who, like, st- structures his essays like you should, you know, like, here's yeah, a thesis, very, here's the argument, here's yeah, the conclusion. Yeah. Film Crit Hulk's incredibly intelligent. So it, it, Harry Knowles will structure his, his, his essay as... Here's how I ended up seeing the movie. Here's my thesis. Here's a digression about the toys I had when I was a child. Here's why I don't think these themes work. Here's another digression about the different toys that uh, different comic conventions I went to and bought toys at. And just by the time you get to like the fourth paragraph, you're like, I can't. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and at his prime, those sort of anecdotal uh, reviews were, you know, they were kind they were of a kind new of way of, you know, they were they were they were very different than your average review in the newspaper right but after a while they become like very rambling and you want him to get on with it and you really wish he wouldn't talk about how the movie feels like the director performing oral sex on him yeah uh, yeah uh but, but yes but go this, on, in th- this particular his his reasoning he hates he did not like toy story 3 because he rejected the notion of Andy giving up his toys at the end of the movie, of giving away his toys to the next generation. And, I mean, I think it's, it is it is very, like, indicative of Harry Knowles. Like, I think it, like, it encapsulates Harry, like, these are my toys, these are mine, and I can't give them up. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily use Harry Knowles as, like, a control group for an average adult. No. <laughs> no, but it also speaks to a certain level of nerd, uh, especially now. And, yeah. you know, as, as, we've, as we've seen with sort of these franchises that um, sort of need to evolve or die... Um, either change with the times or, or, and that usually just means, you know, having black people or women be the leads. <laughs> or just telling some, or some, doing an, something new with the story. Being like Bonnie, who takes the exact same toys, but does her own thing with them, creates yeah. her own adventures with them. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's the thing. It's, 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 we're not, we're not, you, no one's taking away Woody or the Ghostbusters or Star Wars or the fucking Little Mermaid from you. There's just someone else is going to play with it and, and, and tell their version of it. And what you always had is not going anywhere. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be right inside your imagination. Like it is for Andy. He will always have his adventures with Woody and Buzz and Dr. Porkchop and all of that. You know, exactly. it's, it's, you don't have to be so afraid. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, I think it is, whether or not the makers of Toy Story 3 intended it to, it is a very sort of important lesson, I think, uh, on a meta level, of to let your toys go, let the next generation do whatever they want with it, you know, and then and they'll pass it on to the next one. You know? Yeah, and, it, and, and, these, and these toys will take new forms, right. and they will be part of new adventures and new stories, but they will still be there. And if you cling to them and act like a gatekeeper and don't let other people play with them, don't let younger people or people in just a different demographic than you get to experience them, you're doing a disservice not just to the, those people and to yourself, but to that those toys, those to stories. that franchise or IP or movie or video game or whatever. 
you know, these art has to be able to breathe and evolve and be seen through many different lenses. And I know that this is all a little silly that we're getting this heavy about like Woody and Buzz and Slinky Dog, but in Jesse, the Yodel and Cowgirl. But I mean, there's a reason why this franchise that is not full of like pop culture characters, it's full of original toys, has stood the test of time. Yeah. Even though like it's completely unrealistic now to think of a kid playing with, you know, no toys that are related to any IP. <laughs> but it's still like I think the beauty of it, like you you said, Will, is that it's uh, you know, it's it makes it more universal and more uh anyone can identify with it. Right. And and you 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 know, even though we in the real world don't have Buzz Lightyear toys, I mean well, now we do. But at the time the movie came out, we didn't. But, like, in the real world, you'd like, okay, I get it. Buzz Lightyear is, like, a, a Star Wars story or a G.I. Joe or a He-Man. Like, I get, like, what they're, what they're, what the dichotomy is. Or same with Woody. It's like, I understand where he's, what he's coming from. I don't need to know exactly. But Well, it's like, when I was a little kid, I had my, uh, I, I had Legos and Micro Machines. Yeah. Of like, I had Star Wars Micro Machines. I had Star Wars action figures. And when you're playing with them, you might have them do things that aren't like fucking Wikipedia <laughs> accurate. Like, you know, yeah. you, there's not like some, you know, neck bearded guy who looks like me now comes into the, doesn't kind of barge into my room and say like, um, excuse me, but 2-1-B is a medical droid. He wouldn't be part of the frontline military against these <laughs> connects robots you just built. You know, it's, it's just like, like, yeah. but it's like this thing. It's like, like just chill, just chill yeah. out. Well, my, my friends and I would always have epic uh, crossovers with X-Men and Transformers. That was one of our big ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, so. <laughs> I had a lot of WWF action figures. I had a lot of Star Wars figures. So it would be a lot of, like, you know, Rick the Model Martell uh, versus <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'd pay good money to see that. I don't know. It's it. I feel like... Uh, Alec Guinness in a wrestling match would be kind of like those like later Ric Flair fights <laughs> where he's just looking real old. <laughs> well, I don't know. Alec Guinness is pretty scrappy. I'll bet he was. Uh, All right, yeah, he does like the rope work, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and you know what? It's 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 also like he can sell it. He's like Shawn Michaels. That's right. Yeah, the, exactly. You know, it's it's not so it's about it's not so much about how good a fighter you look. It's like can you put the other guy over? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyway, where were we before we got on this tangent? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. This this whole episode's a tangent, but this movie <laughs> makes you think. So yeah, it's it's just it's um, unbearably sad until it's not until it's very yeah. joyful at the end. Yeah, um, it's it is really just like the ending is so joyful and positive, and it it's validation and redemption for these characters. You know, yeah. it's you know and they're they, gonna be okay. Yeah, and have you watched any of the? I mean, I, because my my son is also like Toy Story crazy too. Um, we've watched some of like the shorts that take place after this. Have you watched any of that stuff? Probably. I not, think I've but. seen I've seen a few of them. I've seen um, I've seen the one where it's all like the McDonald's toys. That one's uh, awesome. I love that. Yeah, that one one's so great. Much. Um, where they have the little support group in yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we're still toys. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's the one with, um, uh, uh, the, all the dinosaur toys. I right. That it's one. sort of like a He-Man, uh, rip-off, uh, knock-off idea, which is kind of yeah. fun. Um, one, one, one we watched, which is called, like, Toy Story, uh, Toy Story Terror something? Toy Story of Terror. I remember Toy Story that. of Terror. It's, 
where they get they end up at this this abandoned motel or not abandoned but they end up at this motel where the hotel owner's trying to um has a lizard that steals toys that he sells on eBay. Oh um, yes, I have seen. I remember that one because that one's got uh uh extra Timothy Dalton. It's got T Dalt T Dalt as Mr. Pricklepants. Yes, he and prominently in that. Yes, one. yes, he's great. And then also Carl Weathers is um. Uh, the uh, the GI Joe knockoff in the oh in the yes Toy yes Story Combat World. Carl yeah. Combat we saw Carl. You, you see one get blown up by Sid in the first yeah. movie yeah oh so, actually, actually my favorite thing in this movie is Sid uh, Sid's okay as, he turned out garbage. all right he's, you know he's he's a garbage man but I have a theory <laughs> I have a theory and I don't know if I'm the first one to come up with this but uh, the fact that all the garbage men tie the toys to the front of their garbage truck I feel like that was Sid told them all to do that and it's and it's it's basically him like. Do it, cause they're real. <laughs> but don't let them in the truck, cause they're evil. <laughs> cause the last he was overtly threatened, his life threatened by sentient toys at one point. So he knows, like, okay, they have a soul, but I, I don't trust them enough to let them I, inside gonna, the car. They're gonna get me. So. They're gonna get me. <laughs> yeah. The more I watch these movies, the more I get like the. Just because my my son, you know, watches them over and over again. And so the world of Toy Story, like, starts confounding me more and more. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, what make, yeah. Well, it's, it's, so some big questions that I have. So Buzz Lightyear, right? He comes out of the box and he thinks he's the actual Buzz Lightyear. Now, is that true of all toys when they first come out of the box? Or is that just true of Buzz Lightyear? Now, I, wh- I wonder what? if that's the case with any toy that has like microchips in it. Right, maybe. You know? Maybe that's yeah. just like, but did Woody at one point, when he came out of the box, did he think he was Woody? Did he well, forget at some he, ha- he has no memory of Woody's roundup, so it seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, did Woody have a previous owner before Andy? Did they? Did toys have some sort of, did their memories sort of fade well, over time? You've, you've heard the fan theory, right, that, uh, that, Emily, uh, Jesse's uh, kid that gave her up in the second movie in the flashback, mm-hmm. the theory that she is actually Andy's mom when oh, she was a kid. No, I had because heard that theory. And speaking of reusable assets, Andy's cowboy hat that he wears in the first movie is uh-huh. the same as Jesse's hat oh. in the in the second and third movie. So people theorize that his mom had a Jesse the cowgirl hat that she gave to him, and when she found like a Woody toy. She remember, you know, she remembered Jesse and got that for Andy and gave that like it was like a family toy right. that was passed uh, that she found in the attic or something. So that's a theory fans have, you know, the expanded universe uh, of right. of. Uh, and then, but then, what's also weird is why does if Buzz like where does the sentience of Buzz in particular lie? Because they can reset him in this in this movie they reset him and why does that work? I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, not every toy can be reset. Right. Like, you know, I, I my big one is how do the potato heads work? Because Mr. <laughs> potato Head can take his hat, eyes, nose, mouth, ears, and limbs and stick them in a tortilla or a cucumber, and that gives that tortilla sentience. You know, it's flopping around because it's a, a tortilla, but could he theoretically have, like, jammed his eyes into that pigeon and then, like, nose and mouth and then, like, controlled the pigeon's body? Well, I don't think he could control... I think it's really just that he his le- his limbs are ambulatory without him, without him being attached to his potato. Okay. So I guess if he... If, if you... If he stuck his 
you know, whatever into that pigeon, he'd just be sort of flopping around on the pigeon. Like, he doesn't necessarily have the wherewithal, his limbs don't have the wherewithal to, like, take full control of a body. Right, it's just, you know, a tortilla doesn't have a brain, so he can move around. Okay. I think. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, these are, you know... And uh, these are valid questions when you have well, to watch the movie over and over right, again. Exactly. It's like, it, it doesn't really matter. The movie is completely enjoyable without answering these no. questions. But the it's mo- just, when it you would see be... something like eight times. <laughs> it would be a colossal mistake for these movies to try to explain all Absolutely. Of this. Yeah. And, and I don't think they ever do. Toy Story 4, you know, Toy Story 4 does like answer some questions like, you know, like, if if Bonnie makes a little fork out of like pipe cleaners and stuff, like fork makes Forky and he becomes a toy, you know, what where's the line? Right. And then like also like what happened to Bo Peep? Where'd she go? You know, yeah. so that sort of thing. But you know, I haven't seen it because it, I'm I I'm I'm in a I'm in a period now where I'm a curmudgeon who doesn't go see every Pixar <laughs> movie and I don't have kids yet. Uh, so and it just seemed a, it seemed a little superfluous at the time. Like Toy Story 3 is such a perfect ending. Yeah, it's um, it is. It's a little superfluous. Um, I saw it in the theater actually. Um, so I didn't have a kid at the time. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's more of like kind of a, an epilogue for Woody is really what the movie's like. It's sort of Woody realizing that his his purpose is kind of finished and he needs to figure out something new. It's like so. Woody can't handle retirement. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, he's like, you know, it just, it's, it's like playing with Bonnie is sort of feeling familiar to him and he kind of needs to do something new. Uh, he wants to see other people. Yeah, <laughs> And it's and it's kind of also like what what do if toy if toys don't want an owner what do they do after uh, with that? Oh, okay. So it's so. like when toys go rogue. Yeah, kind of. A all right. Bit. I mean, the the, the big uh, you know the Toy Story shenanigans in the second act is all in an antique shop. So. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, kid is imminent, so <laughs> I can't escape these movies forever. Nope, you're gonna be watching Toy Stories 1, 2, and we've been skipping 3, because we haven't actually watched 4 with, with Evan yet, either. But. Well, yeah, that, that's a, actually, that, that's a question, Will, like, a, if not to get too personal, but, you know, you are now, you have a, a, almost a three-year-old. Yeah. What has it been like uh, sort of taking, you know, what you like that's appropriate for his age and sort of, like, watching him watch it for the first time. It's, I mean, you know, there's not a lot that um, is sort of appropriate for him. That Like, uh, obviously, I'm guessing he's not quite ready. Robotech is still lost yeah, Robotech on Robotech is, li- is a little ways off. Um, you know, we, uh, he's, he's seen a lot of my toys that are sort of around. And, and like, he, I have this Godzilla puppet from the, um, the 1997 remake. Which, oh, he, sure. which he likes playing with. Um, and, like, I've shown him the clip of Godzilla dancing, which he just finds uh, incredible. <laughs> um, so he really wants to sort of, like, see some of that stuff. It's not He's not really ready yet. But, um, you know, to- like, we've been showing him some of the Pixar things. We finally watched A Bug's Life um, with him, which he... It's, he said he liked it a lot, but it, he kind of... It seemed like it didn't hold his interest all that much. I mean, he's... Fully a Cars kid. Oh my god! I mean, he, like, I mean he's, you know, we, not Cars with a capital C and not. Yeah. Well, we we figured you know he was obsessed with Cars pretty much right out of the womb, and so 
we figured, okay, maybe it's his first movie. We'll just show him cars. It seems, like, inoffensive. And he, like, went bananas for it. And we started giving him, like, the toys. And it's like his Star Wars now. He, like, knows all the characters. He knows, <laughs> like, and his favorite ones are, like, the weirder ones. It's very funny. Um, well, I, I mean, I, that's kind of one of the things I'm looking forward to the most it's like, unlike some people who cling to this stuff and act like they know best and, you know, no one else is going to ever appreciate it the way they do, I can't fucking wait to show the things I love to my kid. No, I know. Kid or kids, plural. And I, I'm talking about, like, yeah, like, the, the kid stuff, I like the Disney stuff and Star Wars and baseball, you know, just yeah. like, like that's, that's, that's the point in, yeah. as far as I'm concerned is... You you carry the fire until someone else is ready to pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, and and you know, I've I, we've talked about it, and I I think I'm gonna once he turns three, um, I'll show him a Godzilla movie, probably one of like a Godzilla versus Megalon or something like that, something one of the sillier ones. Um, but you know, we'll see, and he might get scared, and we'll turn it off, and that'll be fine. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but it it has. I been mean, Jet Jaguar is pretty terrifying. It's true, it's true. <laughs> um, but it it has been interesting, especially now as he's getting older. We can show him stuff, um, and I mean, a lot of stuff right now. It's like, well, we're showing him Bluey and PJ Masks and um, Spidey and his amazing friends. Um, so it's not like anything that I necessarily grew up with. It's sort of properties I understand, but not you know. But you think about like something like Spider-Man, which has taken many forms over yep. 60 years. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to have his Spider-Man just like we had our Spider-Man, just like our parents had a Spider-Man. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I, even just an, an animated series of Spider-Man. Right. You know? And or, or you know, he, I think you told me about this, the, the Batwheels show or whatever. That, oh, yes. That, yes. Um, which I'm sure, which we just haven't gotten around to yet, but I'm sure he'll go crazy for that. And it will be kind of like oh, he's going to have his Batman, and, you know, I had mine, and, and my parents, you know, our parents had Adam West. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. So these these things have to evolve uh, and and change with the times. and Be- Because uh, you can't take them with you everywhere, and otherwise they're just going to sit in the attic uh, and and not, not fulfill their purpose. Yeah, I mean, and I, I haven't been watching Andor. Everyone says it's great, but this is what, how I feel about Star Wars, is that it's sort of been, like, stuck in a certain yeah. window of time and can't Yeah, well, I mean, away. Star Wars, like, literally it's stuck in, like, a certain window of the timeline, yeah, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. I haven't watched Andor yet. I'm sure I will get to it. Uh, I have been watching She-Hulk, though, which I like She-Hulk. because yeah. it is doing... It's doing uh, something a little different with the MCU. It's being yeah. a little more fun. It's being a little more playful, you know? Yeah, I almost wish it didn't have, like, an overarching plot. I wish it was just sort of, like, silly nonsense in the MCU. That's, like, all yeah, I like, want. Yeah, it's, they're starting to, like, in, in, insert, like, the villain, like, whoever the villain yeah, is. It's, it's, like, it kind of makes me tired. I just want, like... Can we just have shenanigans every week? Yeah, you just want to go want to go full Ally McBeal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. it's great. I think the show's a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, obviously, because it's a female version of a superhero, people <laughs> got all bent out of shape about it. You, you, you don't care. No. It's you... just this like this just airing of grievances about <laughs> everything. It's not Festivus. No. Just, just calm down. And obviously a huge portion of that, 
the 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 you know uh, often uh, coming from the the right wing is all just like kind of kayfabe and they're trying yeah. to play to this very angry portion of their audience uh yeah. but it's so cynical and it's so stupid and it's just it's just like 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 and it all ties back into you know a lot of what we've talked about with the you know the the toxic elements of star wars and ghostbusters yeah. and you know yeah. uh, the marvel universe and it's and, and toy story i'm and pixar movies too like yeah yeah it's uh, and there's there is this outrage grift machine that that just exists to on it feels like it only exists on YouTube and it only exists for somebody to like freak out about something and then have their audience freak out about it and then just give them a bunch of Patreon money. Well, it's yeah, because it's, it's basically saying it's it's saying there's not enough of X to go around. And this group is trying to take it from you and you are the victim and you need to get angry and you need to show your anger by giving me money. Exactly. And maybe I'll send you a commemorative coin and I'll, and I'll, I'll make another four and a half hour YouTube video about how prey sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like. Or how and, much I hate Captain Marvel. Like, come on, and it's guys. it's and it's just it's so disingenuous and it's so depressing because it makes everything just impossible to enjoy. Yep. It's like what I've always said about the Last Jedi. It's either you have to be angry that people love it or angry that people hate it. But you can't actually <laughs> enjoy it or criticize it because of what everyone's done to it. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, and the fact that this is also infected, you know. Uh, politics and you know the direction the world is going and society at large <laughs> is a conversation for another day yeah. or not i just i can't be a part of it anymore i, <laughs> I want off yeah I, I i watched when i was watching this movie all i wanted to do was like i just want to snuggle with old fat buster the dog I that's know. all yeah. that's all i want <laughs> if i could i just i want to go live uh, on a farm with a bunch of old dogs i've had my fill of the worlds of man <laughs> You know, I literally have in my notes, I just wrote, I love Buster. Yeah. No, that was so cute. Uh, old Buster. Yeah. Which was a really funny bit because he's like a puppy in the second movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. just so old. And it's like every senior <laughs> dog, you know, is exactly like this. They're very happy, but they're gray in the face and yep. they just want to flop somewhere. Yep. Just flop on Woody. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's, uh, I like this movie a lot. Um, I, it's really. I, I think it is really only for people who grew up with these characters. Yeah, I I um, I love it, but it's also not one I would like revisit a lot no. because it's it is it's a it's a heavy trip when you yeah. watch it. It's it's very emotional. It's not. I don't get the same feelings. I I get more anxious and stressed watching this than I do watching you know something else that you know is you know equally satisfying honestly i feel like if i had to choose between toy story 3 and day of the dead i might watch day of the dead <laughs> because this honestly was a more stressful experience on a certain level yeah. because it brings up all these this, this all these conversations we're having about like the gatekeeping and the toxic culture around well, and, pop and, culture now well, and day of the dead doesn't do that day of the dead <laughs> It's just, just bleak. <laughs> it's just like okay, that go go off. It's I, I what I want is I want to go with Buster to the island at the end of Day of the Dead and just go fishing. Yeah, but but also Sam, maybe more than sort of like the the heavier you know uh, 
wider conversations. I mean, you're about to be a father. I'm a father now. This like also brings up a lot of stuff about like like childhood and and what it means to like put your childhood away and what it means to be re-experiencing a childhood with a new with a in a fresh with fresh eyes and everything. It's uh, and and I think that's especially resonant for our generation. Yeah, because I'm older than my parents were when they had me and I'm I I'm the oldest child. I think a lot of people that are our age the are like just a little like just a tad short of being an elder millennial <laughs> like feel like we've been very stunted yeah. for about for like the last 15 years of our lives for one reason or another. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like I was like wait a minute I, 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 how did I get old? How am I, like, I'm not ready to be a parent. Yeah. I'm not even ready to be an adult. Yeah. You know, I don't, I feel like I like missed a step somewhere in there. So it's like <laughs> to suddenly be reflecting on that stuff is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's, uh, it's crazy. And it's, um, yeah, I don't, and I'm not, I, I can't be, I'm not very eloquent about it. Um, but it's just, uh, especially cause, and you'll find out soon enough, Sam, but the first two years are a lot of like run and gun. Well, I mean, you, you had, you, you, you idiot. You had a baby in January of 2020. You, you picked the, you picked a doozy of a first two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's that too, but, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of run and gun and, and survival mode, but uh, yeah. Well, it's like, like, I keep thinking about like, obviously pregnancy, you know, it, for our wives is it was a really is was and is a tough process like yeah. it is for anyone yeah. but i keep thinking about like that first month where i'm gonna have this like baby and i have to like <laughs> take care of a this baby i don't know what like I, do i just show it toy do i put toy story on <laughs> and just leave it <laughs> it's like is she gonna be she seems okay yeah. <laughs> I, I've got the coffee going if you need it. I'll be in the other room. Uh, Evan uh, slept on, on me a lot while I watched kung fu movies. That was that that's, was our... That's what I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have like a baby sleeping on me. I think it's going to be me and Charlie the dog and a baby like in the car driving around at night listening to like last podcast on the left so that my wife can get some sleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a baby sleeping on me watching old WrestleManias. You know, that's perfect. That sounds nice. Yeah. I, maybe I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'd like that... a job, but I'm ready no. for that. Because, you know, like, we we talk about all this stuff because we love it. But, like, we, we, we've been saying this whole episode, what's the point of loving these things if you can't pass them on to someone? Someone else. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, and I'm I'm very excited, you know, as we move in to as he as Evan gets older, to showing him all the things that I I loved as a kid, and and then getting very upset when he says they're stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to when like Evan is 17, and uh, my my daughter is 14, and you and I get together. And it's like. She didn't like Son of Frankenstein. She said it was stupid. And you're like, oh, God, he didn't, he didn't like Underworld Rise of the Lichens. <laughs> oh, no, it would be like, oh, he liked Underworld Rise of the Lichens. That's the. <laughs> he said it was the best one, the best one I he's mean, ever seen. I mean, it is the best one of that franchise. <laughs> Take yeah. that as you will. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Toy Story 3, really fantastic movie that I think we knew going in was going to be, you know, have 
a discussion afterwards, yes, yes, as, exactly. as we've established. But it's a it's a fantastic movie, and it's a beautiful. Obviously, like Toy Story four is there, but Toy Story one, two, and three have this continu- this continuous thematic story that comes around full circle and is a wonderfully satisfying experience, especially for those of us that were kids when the first one came out and yeah. grew up with the franchise. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and, and as like a part three. You couldn't ask for a more part three, part three. I think. Yeah. No. This, very uh, much a part. It for, ties for everything a... up. It it uh, it it you know ends the series in a way, but also alludes to more. Yeah. For more. a franchise that didn't set out to be a trilogy, it's a rock solid trilogy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Obviously, I think uh, our plan right now is uh we're gonna we're gonna do a horror movie a piece. And yep. then we'll wrap up October with Halloween Kills, which is, uh, you know, our bread and butter is a, a third and fourth and 14th Halloween. Yeah. So uh, I guess Toy Story 3 was me. So, Will, what do you got for me? All right. So this is a movie I have not seen. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it will actually also require some homework on my part because I have not seen the uh, part two in this series. So uh, because the remake is coming out, I figured we'd do Hellraiser Part 3. Talk All about right. Hellraiser. Hellraiser 3. I think that's Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. I think that's right. So With, uh, uh, it's, got, it's the one where one of the Cenobites shoots CDs at people. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, we'll see what's, uh, what's up with this. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen Hellraiser 2 um, or 3, so I'm going to... I have seen Hell... I've seen... I, I'm fairly certain I've seen Hellraiser 3. I've definitely seen the first two. The first two are both like like Clive Barker. Like they right. like he's involved with both of those. Hell Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. It feels very much like all the stuff he wanted to put in Hellraiser, right. but didn't have the budget. Uh and then Hellraiser 3 is kind of uh it's it's when it becomes a slasher franchise, right. essentially. Because then the one after that's the uh Alan Smith the Alan Smithy one in space. Right. And that is that the one with Adam Scott too? Yeah, it's half yeah. in space and half in like <laughs> revolutionary France, I think. I I've never seen it. It's just the trailer for that always cropped up on Dimension home video releases. Yeah. It, it I remember it when it came out, there was a poster for it at like my local like like three screener in in Coolidge Corner in Brookline, not at the Coolidge Corner Playhouse, which is like a really nice theater. It was like there was another theater like three blocks down over the border in Alston, and it was playing like that. And I vaguely remember Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel oh, yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Which... But like that was the first time I saw Pinhead, and obviously yeah. Pinhead is a very striking character, and very scary. Like I, he always... scary and engaging, yeah, in a, in a Palpatine way, if you will. Uh, yeah. Like because I mean, and a big part of that is Doug Bradley, the actor who yeah. played him, did a really good job with him. Because the later, the last couple before they they've now remade it, uh, the last couple were a different actor, and it right. was just like a non-entity of a character. Yeah. No, but I remember seeing the posters for the Hellraiser videos when I was a kid and then always feeling like, oh, this franchise is dangerous. Yeah, because they're gross. They're yeah. gross to look at. Yeah. You can't really put any of the others on a poster because they've got like their necks split open and their like lips are gone. Yeah. They're they're disgusting, fantastic designs for yeah. monsters. And yeah. they're not and what's great about them is that like in the mythology of the movies they're not even really monsters yeah they're like especially in the first couple and i think the third one's where it stops being quite so nuanced right but uh you know it's i I think it's it's clive barker and clive barker loves to deal with heady 
psychosexual shit in like and in the best goriest possible way so yeah. it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun watch I yeah think. so uh, th- yeah it'll, like i said it'll re- require some homework on my part because i need to see part two but uh yeah yeah that's that's my pick all right so going from toy story 3 to hellraiser 3 <laughs> uh, it's probably gonna be not as much tonal whiplash as we think <laughs> So something to look forward to. And, and folks, as always, you can find us on uh, mainly Twitter. And even then, I hate being in there. But we're on there at Podcast Part 3. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have an Instagram that I, I'm very bad at updating. <laughs> I should know we're a two-man operation. And we're very guerrilla. We're very punk rock. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a real lean, mean machine here. So I'm falling down on at least one job at any given moment. But, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening and thank you for, uh, I hope that, uh, you're finding, uh, new ways to look at movies and new, uh, enjoying these movies that if you haven't seen them, enjoying them for the first time. And if you have seen them before, enjoying them in a whole new way or in the same way and just giving you the warm fuzzies, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, we all need a little bit of that. That's right. So, especially now. Yes. Especially now and always, because honestly, you know. It's always been great and awful in different ways. You know, it's the same toys in a different sto- scenario over time. We're all living in our own toy story. Do you think Andy's mom has a vibrator and it's and it oh, comes God. to life when she's not there? Because she's not she's not married. You know, she's she's single mom. This is this is one of those horrifying things that if you if you start going down this road, it's just madness. It's all just madness. It's a valid question. It is a valid question. Uh, but it's a toy. There's adult toys <laughs> out there. Do blow up dolls have conversations with each other? At at night at, at like uh, Comic Con, do all the McFarlane toys come to life and just run amok? <laughs> All those weird, weird Japanese statues, you know, the anime statues to those. Is so. a blow-up sex doll a toy? I, I, that's a question. I don't know. <laughs> These movies don't answer that. They uh, should no, they? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. That's that's best left to a, a porn parody of some sort. I'm sure. I am sure some industrious person online with an imagination of their own is telling their own story with the characters from Toy Story. <laughs> that uh, is filthy and just uh, deranged. But, but, but is, is, is emotionally and creatively rewarding to them. You know? And that's the important thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. No yeah. judgments here. No judgments here. No judgments here. I, I did once find a full erotic novella about boss baby and i do judge that <laughs> yeah that's that like that you that's could, you wasted yeah. your time that's yeah. just just <laughs> horrifying God. Oh, oh. oh my goodness well until next time folks have a lovely uh start to your october enjoy the fall and uh we will see you for a bunch of fun scary movies uh, over the next few weeks and until then uh he is will and i am sam and uh You've got a friend in me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You beat me to it, you (laughs) bastard. God damn it. (laughs) 
Oh, that Gypsy Kings cover is a banger, though. Oh yeah, yeah. That at rules. the end, that's a lot. That that's rules. great. Yeah, that's that's just a that's a blast. That's going on the soundtrack. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, folks. Good night.